Hey everyone, Jawad here with Hit the Apex Podcast. How are we doing this week? Fresh off the back of news of lockdown 5.0 now here in, in Victoria and Melbourne. Um, don't know what to say really, other than, you know, it's easy to blame everyone up in New South Wales. Not everyone, just, just a couple of removalists. Um... But anyway, <laughs> we'll get through it. It's We've been through it all before, but how many times before it begins to just shatter every ounce of um, energy you have internally? Anyway, how are we all doing this week? I hope you're all good, lockdown or no lockdown. If you're in the UK, you must be having a wonderful time. Um, Goodwood was on over the weekend. Whoever went to that, that you know, hope you had a good time. You got the British Grand Prix on this weekend as well. Tickets are sold out. It's going to be a capacity crowd. First race to do so as well in F1 since the pandemic started. Whether it's a good thing or not, we'll just wait and see until after the race is done. I've got my views on that, but you know, we won't go into that sort of sphere at the moment. We will talk about the British Grand Prix though on this episode. Um exciting because it's the first race to use the sprint race format as well for for qualifying so it's a bit of a format change for the weekend which we'll go over later um supercars as well had the townsville 500 on last weekend we'll go over the talking points and also look ahead to this weekend because we're back in townsville to race again but yeah first ever event to use the sprint format so um it took a lot of uh lobbying and whatnot throughout the year even last year you know there was there was talks about this reverse grid plan for qualifying or to have a qualifying race or whatever and eventually what um has come to fruition or to trial effectively because this is what this is is a 30 minute sprint race to determine pole position um the first three positions will pay out points as well, so three points for whoever scores pole, um, two for position two, and one point for position three. So the structure of the weekend basically will go as follows. So Friday, you have your one-hour practice session, followed by the one-hour qualifying, which is the normal three-phase session that they have. Um, cars go straight into Parc Ferme after that. Then you've got a second practice session Saturday morning, which will be an hour as well. So cars are still in Park Ferme. And then you've got the 30-minute um, sprint race. So for Silverstone, it'll be 17 laps for that sprint race. Free choice of tyre as well for the teams. They can use whatever tyre they want in that race, um, provided it's dry. You'd think that um, people will opt for the medium tyre, and there's no compulsory pit stop either, so you'd think if they start on the medium tyre, they'll go to the end, unless there is something like a safety car or whatnot, or some kind of carnage that um, sees teams try something else and drivers try something else, but yeah, and then Sunday you'll have your regular 52 lap Grand Prix, so... My only criticism at this stage from the surface of it is just the timing of it. You know, obviously it's um, better suited to a more European audience and um, American audience. Uh, the sprint race itself will be early hours of Sunday morning, I think like 1.30 or 2 a.m. in the morning for us. So it's going to be a bit of a stretch to be awake for that. But, you know, what happens in lockdowns is you split patterns all get mucked up and if you especially if you're not working as well so um which i'm not sure at this stage as of 6 p.m thursday um 
Eastern time. So, yeah, you know, we'll wait and see what, what happens, but I'm I'm keen to watch it, you know, because it's the first ever sprint race, see how it goes. A lot of questions, though, about, you know, whether there'll be carnage, whether there'll be mixed results, or will it all stay the same? You know, Lewis Hamilton saying that he expects to train um, uh, a procession through through the race, um certainly f1 and its organizers will be hoping that it does mix up some results you know in terms of you know we we get to see a mixed grid um get more bums on seats the viewership up and all that that's basically why they've gone down this path of trying to experiment with with qualifying you know and a lot of us over the years have said just leave it put you know it's it's fine we we don't mind the three the three-phase session, um, gone are the days where, or the dark days where basically you knew who was going to be on pole position and there was no point, you know, to it and then you wouldn't see drivers coming out to do their runs. Q3 is quite exciting now. We've had a lot of um, people jump up, you know, like Lando in the last race as well, qualified on the front row ahead of the Mercedes guys. So you get a lot of um, excitement these days, but also, what I've learned over the years as well, <coughs> especially in recent times, is to say, keep an open mind. So this doesn't seem as gimmicky as the prospect of having a reverse grid race. Um, that would be absolutely a nightmare, I think. I wouldn't want a reverse grid race at all. Um, but instead, you know, it's uh, you're still not taking away the prestige of the Grand Prix on Sunday, which was also something that people feared. Instead, you're offering an alternative way to get pole position on um, Saturday, which we saw, if you follow supercars at all, you have the you had the qualifying races for the Sandown 500 when that used to still be an endurance race. So um, that was, you know, not super exciting because... It did. They did run as a procession, um, and the Red Bull Holden racing team back in the day were kind of the the benchmark for that. And we didn't see much um, change, or in the way of positions in it. It can really muck you up for the the main event, you know, if, if things go wrong, which we have seen things go wrong during those Saturday races. But at the same time, it didn't take away from the prestige of the you know, the Sandown 500, which was you know big big race. And same with the British Grand Prix, I think this weekend we won't see the prestige of that taken away by that sprint race. Instead, it'll just be, you're not being given the race win in that, you're basically being given pole position. So in that respect, it seems a lot more easier to swallow. Um, it's a lot more, you know, it's not really mucking things around too much, you know, if people were worried about statistics and all that, or, you know, the, the, the value of a race win will be devalued and all sorts. No, it's just effectively another way to get pole position. And I always like the idea as well, going down a, a top 10 shootout route, if they'd like to do that in the future too. Keep saying for a race like Monaco, um, especially, it'd be great. Monza as well, but although... We are doing the sprint format at Monza, so there won't be the whole Q3 queuing, even though you'll get that um, on the Friday uh, qualifying too. So, yeah, it's um, it's exciting, but also a bit nervous as well to see how it all goes. We did hear earlier in the year when the specifics were being nutted out for the sprint races that there will be provisions in the cost cap to allow for things like accident damage and whatnot um 
so and i think even for componentry changes as well like if you do exceed your power unit allocation or your power you have to change your power unit during a uh, because of the sprint race the increased distance that you're running so all that sort of stuff has been accounted for so at the end of the day it's not going to really muck around with things too much so yeah basically it's one of those things that i did say when i wrote a piece about it earlier in the year when it was confirmed that we've just got to be patient see how it goes before really judging it because i think the way that they've formatted it now seems very inoffensive compared to how a reverse grid would have gone down but at the same time you know if it doesn't really add much value to the weekend or to the the racing side of things which is what people have been crying out for they want better racing then you know we'll just have to explore other options go back to the drawing board and i like how rather than you know what happened in 2016 where they decided to just say yep we're introducing this new qualifying format from race one it's going to be there every race and then three races in or two races in we end up canning it um they've decided to uh trial it at select events so so far that'll be this weekend it'll be monza and then one other race later in the year which was supposed to be brazil but you know we we know that that probably won't be going ahead so it might end up even being one of the kota races um which you know we still don't know yet if we're going to get two kota races but that'll be exciting too not for me though time zone wise but anyway (laughs) you know you're always going to get a time zone gripe on this podcast um but it's okay i talked about the capacity crowd thing as well um exciting if you're a british motorsport fan or a fan in the uk who was able to um get over to silverstone and watch the racing i'm sure it'll really g up the likes of lewis and lando and george russell as well um lewis actually being a bit cautious about it so you know he's a bit of a realist as we know um good old lewis with his two-year contract extension there at mercedes um still no news yet on his teammate there was that initial hype that joy russell could be announced this weekend as a mercedes driver for the british grand prix um he himself is denying it saying that nothing has really taken place but there is some interesting rumors out there at the moment that uh red bull are trying to to lure him away you know obviously red bull got verstappen when verstappen was on the periphery or well before the periphery of getting into f1 um and they basically got him because they promised him a drive the following year which was with toro rosso back in 2015 so you know could red bull do that um should red bull do that you know especially if they've got an alpha driver in max do you want another alpha like George, who who he wants to be future world champion, um, I think they've got a great balance at the moment with um, Checo on board, and I would certainly reward Checo with um, what do you call it? Another year. Talking about form and stuff now, so Lewis obviously has won here six out of seven times in the hybrid era. We're not including the 70th anniversary grand prix that was held at silverstone last year which max won so if you base it off that then you know max would be the favorite of course you know and also red bulls form at all forms of circuit as well at the moment are capable um shows that they're capable of actually upsetting the crowd and everything to come forward and win their first race um, british grand prix in the hybrid era so you know but at the same time in terms of mercedes 
they're going to get some kind of upgrades this weekend, possibly, to take them forward. You know, you don't want to compromise 2022 as well at this stage, you know, for, but at the same time, they'll probably be sitting there unsatisfied with um, where they're at at the moment in terms of the position in the championship. But for Max, you know, um, Toto Wolf himself has said that, you know, one DNF for Max can certainly bring Mercedes back into the hunt and... We saw that in previous years with Mercedes versus Ferrari, you know, with Sebastian falling off the rails, Vettel, that is, and um, Lewis just coming forward and dominating. So it's still early days yet in terms of that, but certainly, you know, the, the way that they've had form since um, Monaco, you know, Monaco, Baku, the street circuits, then we went to La Castellet, um, French Grand Prix and they they wiped the floor with Mercedes on a conventional track as well and then Austria we know that Red Bull have been strong there over the past few years anyway so where they're at at the moment is is, is a good place Mercedes you know it's going to take you know champions effort from Lewis we saw good form from Valtteri though Bottas um, last time out in Austria he finished on the podium for the last two races actually um, and whether he'll be haunted still by the blowout that he had at the British Grand Prix last year, which saw Charles Leclerc up to third. Um, hopefully not, because, you know, they really need those points from both their drivers. And whether it's going to be saving grace as well for Bottas for another year at Mercedes, you know, because there is still very much the possibility that Mercedes could be like, well, you know, we've got Lewis on board for two years. He doesn't want to see much of a upset in the apple cart so you know let's let's just stick with the same lineup you know and it'll certainly upset the apple cart in terms of the fans who want to see Russell in that second seat but if Hamilton is you know you know wanting to go for an eighth title and and do it up against Max or whatever or whoever is in contention next year in terms of the other teams then you know he won't certainly want much competition from within his own team he'll want to re-gunner like he has had in the last few years from Valtteri so that's the question I think you know Mercedes will be pondering at the moment having not decided who their lineup is going to be from next year and you know hats off to hats off to them because you know, at the start of this year, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, Red Bull, they're going to try and challenge Mercedes, but fall short with the usual Red Bull problems, and that'll probably upset Max, who will decide to use an escape clause in, in his contract and go over to Mercedes next year, and, you know, uh, we'll see if a Stappen-Russell line up there at Mercedes in 2022, um, Whereas there's a possibility it could be Verstappen-Russell line up there at uh, at Red Bull, which I, I don't know. I can't entertain that idea purely because I think Checo's done a great job and he's won a race for them this year. They're leading the Constructors' Championship because of his contributions too. So why upset that? And then if I were George, would you want to, after having tasted Mercedes, the factory car, you know, last year at the Sikhi Grand Prix, would you want to go to an Alpha Tauri, say, for next year or whatever, if, if Pierre Gasly decides to go elsewhere? And we know that he might be a key player in this year's silly season as well, whether he will stay put or whether he will go. Um, other key players, I guess, we've heard now, the likes of uh, Nika Hulkenberg, Danny Fiat being possible contenders for a Williams seat. Um, good to see Hulkenberg in the frame there as well after, what, two years now out of F1. 
had those cameo appearances for Racing Point last year, but um, it would be good to see him actually in a full-time drive. I mean, Williams are not going to be really fighting for podiums next year, but let's face it, and that's what we want to see Hulk get, but, you know, at least his experience and whatnot will drive them forward in this new era. Kvyat as well on his day has been great, but just that consistency unfortunately hasn't really seen him get a lot of support over the years and whatnot and some people might even argue that he's had too many chances uh especially from red bull to to impress and he's not done that unfortunately so yeah alfa romeo as well you know what what they're going to do for next year you know they're continuing their relationship with sauber on a multi-year deal that will be um reviewed year by year i would dare say that they would stay together until 2025 when the next um, Concord agreement is up or whatever and also the next engine um, deal is up as well so you know whether there'll be some kind of engine partner deal with them moving forward like there's nothing nothing being talked about at the moment but I'm just hypothesizing there that it could be a possibility that we see some kind of um, engine deal and you know Alfa Romeo branded engine or whatever if they want to stay in F1 or someone else comes in to do that, you know, so obviously Renault at the moment have only got the one, um, only got the one, uh, team or Renault powered team at the moment, um, talk about Williams possibly joining the fold, but they've got a multi-year agreement with Mercedes still, so who would go down the Renault path, and it will definitely be not Red Bull, the Red Bull family of cars, because they're going to have the Red Bull powertrains on board, Ferrari, though, they did good here. They typically do well at Silverstone. Um, whether they'll do that again this year, they'll be up there um, hoping to fight a bit closely with McLaren because McLaren have been really good in the last couple of races. Lando Norris in particular. Um, over him to have a good race on home soil, of course, after his fourth podium. And also, after a rather unfortunate incident there at the um, the Euro finals where he was uh, uh, mugged and got his watch stolen. So, um, yeah, that, that's awful. You know, I don't know what what drives humanity to, to go to the, that sort of low. Um, I had to deal with a uh, drunken individual at... Um, drunken customer there at work on, on Monday morning. I'm pretty sure he had watched the Euros or whatever and was disappointed, decided to walk into the store not wearing a mask, called himself Zeus when instead of um, obviously doing the, the QR check-in, he just wrote his a fake name down, said that he was Zeus or whatever, and uh, yeah, strutted about with his bottle of wine <laughs> without wearing a mask either, so you know, whatever. No, unlike all the Italians, because they were driving up and down the main road um, here in uh, one of the suburbs that, yeah, you would you would uh, kind of associate with Italian and Greek um, heritage and everything. And yeah, you could see cars like a cavalcade of cars with with flags coming out of the car. So that was that was pretty cool. Reminded me of um, when Greece won the Euros in 2004 and my neighbours at the time going absolutely bonkers but um, I have no interest in soccer absolutely but I do like you know when when these kind of countries get up and uh, have a have a good time so hopefully Ferrari will also draw 
inspiration from that. Um, but going back to Lando Norris, he's been having a sensational year this year, and I hope um, he's not too shaken up after that uh, incident there at Wembley, so that he can have a good weekend on home soil. Because McLaren typically don't do really well at the British Grand Prix, or was that Jensen Button that when he was at McLaren, they had a bit of a hoodoo there, having never finished on the podium. So, you know, hopefully that can be broken there with with Lando, uh, Ricardo as well. It's just, it's just turning into the case of really, you just kind of don't even bother every weekend. But he's the big name driver. He's on the big bucks. Um, he's got to deliver. You know, it's not, it's not. You know, oh, because my driving style doesn't suit the car. You know got to get over that you got to adapt and everything and, and being upstaged by his significantly younger teammate as well was must be really tough for him but you know he's the race winner he's expected to get those results and hopefully he can get those results so the fact that yeah now um like the sprint race for qualifying for example i see someone like him benefiting from that because he hasn't really been quick in the car in terms of qualifying um but qualifying for the grand prix if he's able to do that um in a race format then totally he should be able to start in a good place on on sunday if you know of course nothing really happens in the way of uh, accidents or incidents during it so yeah that's pretty much it what i predict oh look you know I can't really go past Red Bull and Max at the moment from going four races out of four, but at the same time, Hamilton's been quite peerless when he's raced there at Silverstone, British Grand Prix, and with the fans on board, so, you know, it could be a bit of a comeback, I wouldn't call it that, um, you know, just to go down the Beastie Boys path, but... Um, yeah, we'll, we'll just wait and see. <laughs> Sorry, my brain is just kind of still in a in a weird place at the moment, uh, trying to get to grips with the news of the lockdown and just he- hearing from work as well in between um, in between this recording. So, you know, got to deal with all that stuff again. Um, so yeah, we'll move it on anyway. Talk about some supercars now. Townsville five hundred um, was it a good weekend? It's been a while or a couple of weeks, I should say, but it always feels like it's been a while since race meetings and we had there at Darwin. Um, It was a pretty one, a lopsided affair. I was going to say one-sided, but I think lopsided is a better word to use for it. Lopsided affair in terms of the the form. Um, At least we were treated to a bit of a a teammate rivalry there between the Red Bull Commodores uh, or Triple Eight Racing the teammates squaring off there, Shane Van Gisbergen versus Jamie Wincup, and ultimately Shane won both races to extend his lead in the championship. You had this fascinating battle there in the top 10 shootout for both races, uh, where both drivers took took turns to get the advantage. So for race 15, Shane, race 15, Shane took pole by three tenths of a second over his teammate. And then, um, Race 16, it was Jamie who did that. Race 15, it took Shane, who lost the lead at the start of the race, 70 laps out of the 88 laps to hunt down and pass his teammate. Um, And that was repeated there in the second race as well, basically a carbon copy. But the way that, you know, especially Van Gisbergen raced, you know, he saw how exhausted he was. He was still suffering from that shoulder injury earlier in the year. 
he, you know, at the moment, you got to say he's doing better than what he did in 2016 when he won his maiden championship um, after moving to AAA. It's like the similar consistency we're seeing of that of Scott McLaughlin, you know, and possibly it could be, you know, the McLaughlin effect that Shane's driving this way, you know, the last couple of years where, or three years, the three years that Scotty won, um, he had not, I'm not going to say no competition because the, the Red Bull guys were there, but, you know, Van Gisbergen has always had this habit of dropping off in the middle of the season or, you know, towards the end of the season, his form just kind of tapers off and then, he gets some really mediocre results, whereas this year, I think he's won 10, 10 out of uh, 15 races or something, uh, well, 10 out of 16 races, sorry, it's right there in front of me, 10 out of 16 races now, he's notched up his 50th career win, he's got, what, 370 points in the championship over the next, not the next car, but the car, the next car from a different team, which is Will Davison there in third, um, Jamie, he's been great, you know, he's he's got the results where he can this year, I don't know if he'll be pushing for the championship given uh, we, uh, Van Gisbergen's form, but you could argue that, yeah, it's it's the effect of McLaughlin, you know, not just him leaving, but the, the impact that he's had on his, his compatriot that Shane's become a bit of a better racer, like, we didn't see this level of consistency from Van Gisbergen in the last three years, you know, to the point where even last year you had uh, Win Cup kind of the next best guy behind McLaughlin. So, like it or like it or not, you know that's that's the way I see it, and I I absolutely I absolutely adore Shane. I've, I have over you know many years, even back when he was at Stone Brothers Racing, the controversy that he had, um, and then returning with Techno. I think that's where he gained a lot of support. Uh, driving the VIP Pet Foods car, and then, of course, the the heartbreak with Bathurst. But he's just that hard racer. You know, he does... The the exhaustion that you saw on him at the end of those two races, you know, pretty much sums up the kind of racer he is, and he's not going to give up. Even though he's got this lead in the championship, he still wanted to come through and win both those races the hard way against his teammate, which I think is even better. And when your teammate's a seven-time champion as well, it it makes it all the sweeter. So, and you know, nice to see those burnouts at the end of the second race there on the Saturday. So, what a weekend for those guys, though. Like, if if you're a neutral fan or whatever, or if you're not a fan of of Red Bull and everything, you'd probably thought it was a really, really average weekend. And I did see some comments pop up in regards to, you know, why aren't there be why aren't there being questions asked about parity now? You know, when when the Mustang was winning all those races, there was a, you know, straight away or it wasn't even a blink of an eyelid, and they they announced changes to to parity. Uh, it's just one of those things. I think with supercars, you can't really win in terms of that. But at the same time, like there'll be humble pie in, at the fact that you know this is not how you're going to attract manufacturers to your game. You know, even if you do, you're going down the path that. Um, you know, Mercedes, Nissan, Volvo, they all come in and had to, like, play the game, you know, that, you know, these guys want you to play, and it's not a fair game, it's a it's a stupid game, but it's just the way the categories run, I think, is, um, you know, favours one, doesn't favour the other, and, oh well, we still love it, though, got good characters, doesn't have all the best characters, but still has some good characters in it, too. Um, 
Yeah, so triple eight one twos for both races. Anton Di Pasquale P3 twice, despite um, in race 16 we saw BJR locking up the second row of the grid. Luckless weekend for both those uh, leading BJR drivers, Todd Hazelwood and Nick Perkat. Todd getting, I think, his career best qualifying. Um, and just having a really, really shocking weekend like he did there in, in Darwin as well. Perkat, um, he had problems and ended up in the medical centre as well, I think, on the Saturday. Um, you look at the kind of weekend that the likes of Chas Mostert and Cam Waters had too, um, who were meant to be key championship contenders this season. Mostert, tough weekend, 14th and 9th in both races, and he, as a result, dropped down to 4th in the standings now behind Will Davison, who had a 9th and a 4th in both races. Cam Waters, 8th and a 6th as well, looking so far behind at the moment. And that's, you know, the thing that I talked about last week in turn with with MotoGP and the the consistency of the championship rivals has been not really there it's been non-existent and that's why you know you've got this leader just slipping away from the rest of the pack so you know until you get that consistency you're not going to really see them moving forward and whatnot so there's not much more really to say about that I'm not going to say anything about the format either you know I think whatever races we've had this year, Red Bull have shown that they're quite strong, um, whether it's super sprint format or the, the 250k races, which have the two pit stops and the fuel drops. They've just been on it this year. And we have seen them, you know, bugger it up like we did last year, you know, with bungled pit stops and whatnot. But they're just on it this year. They're doing a really good job. So hats off to them in that respect. And it's just the onus is on the rest of the competition to to try and get a bit better and um, move their way up the grid. So, yeah. And there was a lot of chatter as well um, and a talking point that I pointed out in my article after the weekend about uh, Brock Feeney as well for the Super 2 rounds, sweeping it, uh, topping every session from practice to qualifying to both the races and probably having one of his best weekends in terms of auditioning for that Jamie Wincup seat for next year. Um, Wincup himself was quizzed about it during the weekend, said that, you know, there's international options that are under consideration too. Um, names such as Mostert and Perkat, obviously, off the table now because they've uh, signed new deals with their respective teams. Cam Waters as well, we believe um, there's an option in Tickford's favour to retain him for next year, and they certainly will, so we won't see him defect over to Holden. So, you know, I like the idea of getting a Brock Feeney in there for next year. You know, blood a young gun, um, give him a multi-year deal or two-year deal to try and see what he can do. And, uh, you know, go go for the future. Like, as far as the internationals are concerned, plenty of names pop up that, you know, I'd like to see in in supercars, but whether that'll be viable or not is a different um, is a different thing altogether. So we'll just have to wait and see how that pans out. But, yeah, you know, <laughs> unless you guys have been living under a rock or have forgotten, you know, Jamie Wincup is retiring from racing at the end of this year and we'll be taking on Roland Dane's job as the MD and the the boss of, of Triple Eight Race Engineering. So we look forward to that. Some calendar news, though. So Townsville backing up, obviously, as I said, um, again this weekend in super sprint form um, with... COVID upsetting the calendar again, so we did get confirmation today that the Sydney Super Sprint, or sorry, Super Night race has been postponed, obviously, 
the situation there in Greater Sydney is pretty bad and you'd think that in a month's time when the Sydney Super Night was scheduled to take place, it's not going to get any better and obviously it's going to be a marquee event for them this year uh, with the new lighting and everything. They want to have people um, trackside. I don't think it's going to change in a month's time so it's probably a wise decision for them to uh, postpone it. Does that mean we're going to be going to Perth next? Um, it all depends on borders as well. Teams travelling in and out. You know, Victoria now again. The whole of Victoria in a, in another lockdown, um, five-day lockdown, which I said earlier, that's going to impact them coming home after this weekend as well. So those Victorian teams. So it's looking very precarious at the moment. And, you know, with with how the calendar was structured um, last week, let's say, prior to um, Sydney's postponement or whatever, they postponed Winton again for in, for another period of time, whatever. So that meant we would have gone to Sydney, we've got to go, we would have gone to Perth and done the night race there, and then on October we would have Bathurst. Now, there's no more Australian Grand Prix support round, or even if there wasn't going to be or was going to be, that's definitely off the table now. One idea I really like is if they do get to go over to New Zealand for the Auckland Super Sprint, why not, you know, maximise the time that they have there, you know, if, if the calendar or schedule allows. Do another race there in Auckland or go to Hampton Downs or whatever, um, which has been talked about. They were going to do a race there at Hampton Downs instead of um, Pukekohe. Try and get as many races in the, in the <laughs> races in as they can at, at other venues if they could. So, you know, the Bend as well has been listed as, as an exposure site there in South Australia at the moment. So you could say that that's off the cards. It's just, yeah, it's such a precarious situation. It's such a frustrating situation again. But, you know, we've just all got to cope and uh, try and get through to the end of it unscathed and see if the uh the show can go on so yeah we'll see how they go this weekend with the townsville super sprint i'll be home i'll get to watch all of it as well i don't i won't get to miss the saturday race and also with the british grand prix too that'll be exciting so yeah that pretty much wraps up this one guys thank you for tuning in Hope to be back next week, of course. It, it all just depends on the schedule. Actually, it gives me time now to um, do a bit more unpacking here and get the place set up because I'm still using the temporary office here in the in the dining room. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So, yeah, hope you guys have a good one. Stay safe if you're, if you're in lockdown. If you're not, still stay safe because you don't want to go back into lockdown. All right, guys. Thank you. Take it easy.